Hello, everyone. You're listening to Sci-Fi Dig, and I'm your host, Aaron Makem. This week, I'm going to talk to you about some Dungeons & Dragons. This is the only box set I think that I have in my collection in DVD format that I have two of. And it's funny because I have two because they're from two different companies. Um, the second box set was a gift for my birthday or Christmas for my daughter. And when I opened it, she was kind of excited and said, you don't have it. And I said, I do have it. I said, but it's not this set. And I couldn't at the time, I, I couldn't take the time to explain to her about rights and, and, and all that stuff that went on with it. So... Normally I start with something else, but I kind of want to jump right into this because the Dungeons & Dragons set is kind of interesting to me. Now, there's the Mill Creek set, which is currently available, and it's, it's relatively inexpensive. There's 27 episodes of the show, and um, it's bare bones. It's, uh, it, is, it has some uh, cover art that looks kind of like a book. The cover art's not that great. The, um, I mean, it, it's great if you've never seen the show, but... Um, they, they took the characters and kind of took liberty with them and made them a little more realistic, which I'm okay with. I mean, I'm not by no means am I knocking the artist. I'm just saying that um, for me, the nostalgia of the original um, colors and the original color palette um, really grabbed me. But other than that, it has an episode guide in the back where it tells you episode like all the names of the episodes. And then when you open it up, you have three discs. I believe it's three discs, and they are stacked on a little spindle inside. The discs themselves are kind of plain they just say Dungeons and Dragons the animated series but they just I mean it has the Dungeons and Dragons logo but there's not much else going on here so now if you want to revisit I'm sorry I'm, I'm opening the case to re- refresh my mind about what they look like if you want to revisit this series um, I actually believe this is the only option available to you but it's not a bad option it's relatively inexpensive and Mill Creek turn, turns out a lot of stuff and they get the rights to stuff that nobody else – I mean, they get the rights. Nobody else wants them. So they, they go after them and they re- release the physical media and this is what you're going to get. But you at least have access to the series that we didn't have access to for a very, very long time. Now, the original um, Dungeons & Dragons uh, animated series that came out was kind of expensive. I think it was like 35 bucks. And it was uh, – the distributor was inkandpaintdvd.com. That's where you can go – and look. I, mean, I actually didn't go to the website. I'm just – that's what's on the back here. That's who put this out. And this is a, a box, an actual box. It's about the thickness of two DVDs. It's a little bit taller than a regular DVD. It says Dungeons & Dragons, a complete animated series on the front. It is. Uh, it looks exactly like a Dungeons & Dragons box set, which is what the whole point here. We used to buy D&D back in the day. You would get a box that had like um, the starter manual and all that stuff. It looks just like that. Um, the back, uh, I know I talked about this in the past, the back has a uh, as a big as a cardboard piece of cardboard stuck on there that tells you everything that's in the box set, and I couldn't tell you what's underneath that because I don't peel those off, as I said, because I'm a little OCD about it, and because it has the barcode on it. Uh, I still haven't added this to my collection, but I'm going to do that at some point in time whenever I get around to catalog my entire collection. I've only cataloged about 150 discs so far, so um, I have quite a ways to go, and I keep saying this is the day I'm going to do it, and then I don't. So, um, and now I'm getting old and I forget that I own things and then I see them for like $3 and I buy them again and then I'm like, oh, I already have this. Um, so, uh, that happens sometimes. So when you open the box set, the first thing you have is, um, an advertisement card, a nice glossy card where you can get, uh, Dragon Magazine or Dungeon Magazine, which I'm pretty sure you cannot get anymore, but I have the card because I keep everything. Then you have um, one of the things that I thought was really neat about this set 
is you have a little um, somewhat hardcover book. It's very thin. It looks like, you know, it has pictures of hinges on it and everything. And it's the animated series Handbook. And it has it talks about playing an adventure. It has character stats for all the characters in the in the uh, in the series. So if you wanted to use these characters in a Dungeons and Dragons adventure, you could do that, which I thought was just kind of a nifty little extra to throw in there. You also have the um, I'm opening this as I do this, which I know can be kind of annoying, but I want to make sure I get this right because this is a set. This is a really nice set, and I know that you can still buy this. It's going to be used, but if you're a huge fan of the series, this is the way to go because they, they pulled out all stops putting this together considering it's on DVD. You have a um, a like four-page episode guide. It tells you each disc and what's on each disc and gives you synopsis and who it was written by. And it shows the original air dates as well, which is kind of interesting. You don't normally get with some things. So that's kind of nice. And it has a little uh, picture um, from each episode on there. Um, the special features on this set... Um, also include the final episode in an audio drama because um, they never aired it. And it was funny, a while back, a while back, a while back for some people's yesterday, this is like 15 years ago, that's how I look at a while back. A while back could be any any time frame in the last 50 years for me. Um, they were trying to put together a, uh, get the money together to do it, this is long before Kickstarter existed, to do an animated um episode of the final episode of the series and it just never it never happened and actually i don't think i've ever listened to the audio version of this um i always meant to but i just i watched the series and it was like okay this is audio i'm going to come back to it and i never did so now that i got this out like i said as i go through my collection i realize that there's things that i meant to do and just did not have the time to do and would like to go back and revisit now i love the dungeons and dragons animated series let me tell you that right now um I remember when it came out. I remember how excited I was. I did play Dungeons and Dragons um, when I was younger. Uh, I remember watching my brother and his friends play it, and it would be quite the party. And I was just always fascinated by everything that it involved, not only your imagination, but the art, the stats, like everything was just really neat to me. And it was a game at the time unlike any other. And, you know, of course, we have lots of games like that now, and lots of games that are variations of that, you know, that have stats and things like that will de- to decide whether or not you survive or not um and so i was really fascinated by it i remember when this when this came out so i knew about dungeons and dragons so when it came out I, I just watched it i loved all the episodes and i remember i was actually um i had a couple of friends that watched as well and we would talk about the episodes because you know there was no internet back then and also i didn't have cable so that's what we did and we started playing dungeons and dragons I mean, we didn't play it for very long. I mean, it probably lasted about a year or something. But it was very, uh, it was interesting, uh, interesting project. The way uh, seeing other people come at it for the first time. But I just thought that they that this had done a lot for the show. But it also, um, the show did a lot for the game. So it was. I, I think they kind of traded off on one another. And that's back when the day when we used to go to a bookstore and used to buy the modules. And now, like that's pretty much non-existent. And you would go and you'd have 10 bucks and you could buy a module for 10 bucks and you sit there and they'd have 50 of them. You had to go through them and figure out which one was the best. And they had um, stats on the back about whether they were beginner and advanced or immediate and kind of give you ideas of how tough it was going to be, how complicated and how many players, you know, you can kind of get an idea of what to what to build around. But the show itself was um, interesting because it didn't really uh, it didn't really incorporate a lot of that stuff in it. It had some of the some of the monsters. But um, some of the monsters looked different than I thought they would. But I remember at the time it was uh, 
it was great because not only did you like we would we would really fire the creativity in the us that were playing it that had seen the show because we would be doing a lot of art and things like that. It was just an interesting time. Now the discs for this are in a fold out tray that folds out. There's a there's five discs, three pages. You know you've seen these a million times over. Each disc has a uh, one of the characters on them, um, and they're they're bright and colorful. They brought in straight from the animation i mean they, they look they look beautiful um and it's uh this the the box set itself the the discs that fold out there's some artwork on that there's some drawings of viger and on the back they have um a world map of dungeons and dragons with all the different areas that they've they visited and i'm assuming that these are kind of geographically correct i don't really know but um that's what's in this box set I don't know if this box set is still available, although I would say, like I said, if you are a fan of this show, and you, I mean like a hardcore fan, and you want the best of the best, this is the one to get. Um, this is actually on one of the very first box sets I ever bought. Um, at the time, this was one of those things that was kind of expensive, and I saw it, and I wanted to revisit the show, and this is the only way to do it. And... I remember saving my money up for it and purchasing it and just oh, sitting down and, and over the course of the next couple of weeks and watching all of the episodes. And it is, like I said, it's one of those shows that, you know, uh, came out like in 84, 83, 84. And the animation is actually very nice, very well put together for a show of that time. It wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of times the shows would come out and the animation would be kind of cheaply done. And they actually put the time and effort, had a great voice cast, um, Everything about it was uh, was pretty top notch. Some of the, I remember some of the episodes being kind of adult. I remember remember the uh, I believe season two started off. I, be, I think there's only two seasons of the show, and I remember season two started off with uh, they'd finally had enough of Viger, and so they finally took him down, and they were at the point where they could kill him, and uh, they ended up not doing it. They ended up choosing not to do that, and at the time it made sense to me. Now I'm like, man, if they just killed that dude, that had been life had been so much better, you know, for them. But anyway. So Dungeons and Dragons box set is what I'm going to talk about. It was it was uh, as far as my review of a of a box set goes, and I, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, there's I got I got other box sets, but some of these are pretty well known. So I'm trying to trying to pick some obscure ones, but I think I'm going to start picking some um, better known ones for the simple fact that I'm going to run out of um, sets to go over. Um, and again, you know, like I said, physical physical media versus digital. I believe you can buy these episodes digitally online, um, but you're not going to get. Uh, it's nice to have all the information there. Now, it would be nice if the episodes had all the information that you got in a box set. You know, they put it together. It's all digital. You can look at everything just like you could on, you know, a Blu-ray disc today. You get that has, like, you know, has the flyers and has the trailers. It has, you know, all the background information. I wish it had, like, a, like a uh, sim- something similar to IMDb that you could just pull up without being connected to the Internet, you know, and uh, view all this information. But right now, that's not a thing that's really happening, so... I'll stick with my, my physical media for right now. The other thing I want to talk about, I haven't talked about a whole lot of books on the show, but I do uh, read books. I do listen to books. And um, one of the books that I find it, um, trying to find a book to read is a little more complicated um, than trying to find a book to listen to. I think that uh, I, I kind of like Audible's search engine and the way things work on there um, to find things that I haven't heard of. And I try to mix it up. I try to mix up my audiobooks. Um, obviously, I have more science fiction and fantasy in my collection than I do 
of anything else. But I have plenty of uh, nonfiction biographies and things like that that also interest me. And I know, like I said, I've talked about this before, like I listen to books when I run and I know people think I'm crazy because they're like, how can you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, it's just, I mean, obviously if I listen to music, I get a little bit more fired up sometimes and I get a little bit better time, but uh, the grind's the same. So I don't really uh, I listen to a book. I kind of get lost in it. It's just one foot in front of the other, right? I mean, it's not, it's running. It's not too complicated. I mean, as long as you're mildly healthy. Um, so uh, you just, I, I kind of get, I try to look for stuff that's really going to get me involved. Now, there's nothing, nothing worse than, than getting a book and it being horrible, and then I'm like 10 minutes in, I'm like, okay, I need to listen to something else because I just keep thinking about how bad it is or how I don't care. I, my mind starts to wander. And then I don't listen to, I don't pay attention to what's going on. And then something good happens. I'm like, wait a minute, how do we get here? And I got to rewind. Um, so, well, I guess, I don't know, do you still call it rewinding if you're not? I have to skip back. Is that what we say now? Skip back because it's digital. But anyway, the books, there's uh, five of them in a series. They're called the Superpowered Series by Drew Hayes. And I cannot even remember how I came across. This must have been like I must have been browsing Audible and came across the first book. And I thought, ah, I'll give it a shot. So I gave it a shot. And man, I really, really liked it. And so I ended up getting the rest as my as I got credits. I can't end up getting the rest and listening to the whole series. Probably, I want to say over three months, I killed them all. And um, I was kind of disappointed there wasn't another one because I just really enjoyed them. Superpowered is about. There are two type of two types of uh, people that have abilities: the powers and the supers. Now, the supers are in full control of their powers, and they go to an academy. And um, I know it, it kind of sounds like Harry Potterish in some ways, but believe me, it couldn't be further from that. Um, so they go to academy and they train, and then they choose their hero name if they pass, and they can become a hero. They can get sponsors. They can have agents. All that stuff. The powers are people who have abilities but have no way to control them, and so they're sporadic. They go off. Like say you have the power to um, turn the ground into water. It just you just do it by accident. You can't help it, and so they end up getting um, kind of uh, locked up or have to ha- take inhibitors and things like that. The premise of the book is that there is a group of powers who they, the powers that be do something to to help them control their power. So now um, they're powers, but they have the ability to control them. And so we are following them on their journey to not only going to this school and making friends, but um, having to control their powers and learn about them with everybody else. Now, the kicker is, is that the People, other students in the school do not know that they they were powers. They just know that they're part of the school. They think that they're they're heroes in training, and so that makes for an interesting element. Um, the characters themselves are all really cool. They all have their different uh, quirks. They all have their different drives for doing what they do. Um, there's a whole undercurrent of. Um, backstory between the adult heroes. Um, there's one that is on the run from the law, and we're, we're finding out his whole backstory and how all that came to be. He was a big hero. They end up turning in the end, and they're, they're trying to track him down, and we're learning a little bit about him as time goes on, and we're learning about um, through the through the children, the students, we're learning about their parents and what kind of heroes they were. Some of them are retired and have other businesses now, 
it's very in-depth. I can't, I don't want to give away anything beyond that basic premise. Um, I, I, as, when I got done with it, I was like, what would you compare this to? And I guess in some ways you would kind of compare it to Harry Potter in the fact that there's a school um, and the fact that they're training. But I hate doing comparisons because I, everybody always makes that comparison between the Hunger Games and uh, Battle Royale, which are nothing alike, and it always cracks me up. They're like, oh, it's just like that. No, no, it's not. One's about um, a revolution, and one's just about some kids that can't behave. Um, two different things. But um, so in that way, in fact, there's, there's some sort of university where they, they have to take regular classes as well, but they're also um, taking these, these tests. And, and I always find it – I think what really kind of grabbed me was – the tests aren't just physical skills. You have to be smart. You have to have logistics. You have to have a strategy in order to pass them. And that's the part that I find very interesting. And some of the powers I find very interesting too, because they all have, you know, you have a speedster, obviously. You have somebody who can fly, obviously. And then we find out later on that they, they start to, some of these, some of these uh, characters start to develop a secondary power that they didn't even know they could do. The secondary powers are always kind of tied to the main power, and I don't want to give any examples because as soon as the only example I can think of, the best is the best one. And if I do that, I'm going to spoil the character for you. But um, I can make one up. I don't say you you had an Aquaman type character, and like his secondary power would be like you could talk to fish, and he wouldn't know that until much later on in the program, you know. So something like that. But. Um, I really, I really fell in love with these characters. They were just, they were so well developed. Um, there's some that are really cocky and um, remain cocky throughout. Um, there are some that are put up a good front, but are very uh, terrified inside. And I also enjoyed those characters as well. I felt, felt the characters were very well fleshed out, and because of that, they're dynamic when um, interacting with the other characters. Um, felt real. And it felt like something that would really happen. So there's five books so far. Maybe there'll be a sixth. I don't know. Maybe there'll be... Um, I don't know if you could do uh, a bigger story about the main character, about the, the main character, about, about the adult characters in the book, because we do find out their backstory. We do find out why they've done some of the things that they've done. And that part is interesting, and it's, it plays a, plays a big part in the overall story. Um, it's like there's a big conspiracy in a lot of ways. But I guess you could probably do something um, if Mr. Hayes wanted to do uh, – I hate to hate the term prequel, but if he wanted to do a different story with some of the characters, he could. Um, this is the kind of uh, book that I would like to – I mean, I enjoyed this journey, but we wanted to skip 10 years and then um, – or 15 years and then jump in and see where the characters are at today. I think that would also be fascinating. But I'm definitely going to be looking at looking out for more things that Drew Hayes writes, and maybe pick up something else um, in Audible. Um, now, see, books like books like this, I've never seen in a bookstore. I haven't seen them featured on Amazon, but um, I found it in Audible. And like I said, I, I most of my reading reading is either news articles or um, nonfiction type things, or how tos, or comic books when it comes to entertainment. And so um, when I'm when it, when it comes to prose books, um, audiobooks for me is the way to go because I can multitask, I'll listen to it at work, et cetera, et cetera. So see, I do I am a big proponent for streaming media um, in a lot of ways, or digital media. Um, but this is a um, I, I cannot recommend these enough. I mean, whether you're a fan of a superhero genre or not, I think you're going to enjoy these books because they are um, it, it, they are just great characters. The fact that the setting they're in. 
um, is is fun, but it's not necessarily the main core. I mean, for me, I, I think if you enjoy um, like war books, you might enjoy these too because the strategies they have to have to implement in these uh, these tests, these battles amongst each other, um, is fascinating. And there are just, I think one of the things that really grabbed me about these is like you like three books in, and then suddenly um, the problems that we've been encounter, encountering in the first two books. Um, we they find a solution and a solution for some of these problems is something I never would have thought of, um, and some of the characters, like I said, like the the abilities are very interesting. Like one one person's ability is the ability to um, change luck, but there's a flip side to that. If he does something to try to change his luck, he's not exactly sure how it'll work, but usually then something negative happens. Um, they have uh, characters, more than one character, who are shifters, where they are um, they can shift, like say, from a human being to like an animal type being. And there are one of our characters, which is which I thought was really fascinating way to handle something and made the character extra complicated, was a character who is just uh, he's a normal dude, and then he shifts into a very strong, tough dude, but they have a split personality. They each have their own individual personality. So they um, this happens, and so they have they both have to lead kind of separate lives. And I found that whole thing kind of interesting as well because, let's face it, what if you want to have a life down the road and each of, you, each of your personalities fall in love with somebody else? You're actually not just a personality, but you're physically different. So how does that work out, you know? Um, things like that, which I find found were really interesting and um, made things overly complicated and wouldn't necessarily mean that you could have a normal life or a, a happy ending to a character, you know, the way that things were set up. And I just really enjoyed it. It was just a great, great uh, series of books. And I don't recommend one. I recommend all of them as a set. Um, it is definitely worth your time. It's definitely worth uh, reading or listening to. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I'm going to give that five out of five, man. I really enjoyed it. I really dug it. And even when we got to the end of book four, I thought, well, what are we going to do for five? Like, what's going to happen here? What's, you know, how's all this? And the things that I th- I thought that five would be like a short, we're bringing everything to a close. But there was so much stuff in there that made it really work for me. And so much, uh, the characters, the development didn't didn't stop. It's like their feelings and everything. Everything came together really well. I just, I really loved it. It really grabbed me. And it was one of the few books that I've read where I could not wait to pick up the next one. You know, sometimes you read a series of books and you want to put it down and walk away for a minute, you know, read something else. But with this one, I could not wait to dig into the next one. So again, we know one of the problems with, uh, with reading like that is I can't tell you what happened in what book. I can just tell you about the overall story, you know? And so anyway, Drew Hayes, Superpowers, uh, five out of five, go check it out. It's available on Audible and I believe it's available on Amazon too. I haven't looked up the actual books to see what the covers look like, but, um, it's out there. You can find it. If I can find it, you can find it. I always neglect to give the email address. It's sci-fi-dig at gmail.com. I usually put it in the ID3 tag so that people can contact me if they want to, give me feedback or whatever. And I do appreciate any and all feedback, and I do my best to respond to everybody. I am. Uh, I also put my Instagram and uh, Snapchat on there only because sometimes there's some cool stories and stuff on there, science fiction type things on uh, both those platforms that it's interesting to for people to send me stuff. Uh, I, I love 
I love looking at those little trailers or um, whether it be for a movie or a book or any a, a game. They make, seem to make a trailer for just about anything so you can get some information. And I love all that stuff. I am coming across a couple of things during this, this – I call this the sales season. During the sales season where there are um, several films – well, usually on streaming is where I find them – that I've never heard of before – that are science fiction related, and like right now during the sale season, they're like four or five bucks. So I've been purchasing a couple of those. I haven't watched them yet, but I'm picking them up and um, hoping of of uh, discovering them for the first time, even though they might be ten years old, fifteen years old, and then hopefully talking about them on the show because I'm sure that a lot of people haven't seen some of these films. And if you know anything about me when you listen to the show, I mean, not only do I like the big films that everybody else likes, but it's the little independent films that come out of nowhere that I'm not expecting. And I'm like, wow, that was really good. Either it's a, like more of a cerebral science fiction or it's just something that didn't have a big push behind it or it did and it came out during a time that something bigger came out and it didn't get a chance to really uh, find an audience. And I come across these things and I get <laughs> I get so delighted when I do. I'm like, man, this is so neat. I bet you people don't know about this. I got to tell them about it. So um you know, keep that in mind if you come across anything interesting. Um, I do know that uh, in my searches for trying to find uh, Millennium on, uh, trying to find the Millennium set on DVD, that uh, I'm trying to find it. I can't say trying to find I can find it. I just can't find it at the price I want to pay for it. But um, they are making a Millennium uh, documentary that I think is about done. Now, I reached out to the people in charge there to see about maybe getting a screener, um, but uh, they haven't even responded. So I'm going to say that's going to be a no-go. And I get that. We live in a time when everybody has a podcast or a blog or something like that, and they're all trying to reach out for whatever reason. But um, I, I, if I don't get a screener, I'll end up purchasing it anyway um, because I'm very, very fascinated in the uh, the whole backstory of Millennium and how that all came to be. If you remember during that time on Fox, we had the X-Files, then we had Millennium, we had Space Above and Beyond. And a lot of the same people were involved with all the projects at the time. There was a lot going on at the time. If you remember, Fox was kind of like, you know, everybody makes fun of it for canceling Firefly. But Fox was a huge um, area, a huge network for science fiction. I mean, it was like they had a lot of science fiction on where everybody else was just kind of like, eh. You know, and then we had UPN come along, and they also had a lot of similar programs. And I know that everything get, kept getting compared to the X Files because nobody realized you can make science fiction. I guess it was a, it was a a big uh, big deal big deal to them big big idea that you could finally make science fiction. It didn't have to cost a gazillion dollars to have special effects. Not everybody had to be in a spaceship in space. You could have a science fiction show like the X Files that actually was grounded in reality and dealt with. Uh, the FBI, and you could do like a procedural. And since every network in the world knows how to do a procedural, because we have, I don't know, 111 law and orders, um, and whatever the other show is, the, uh, I don't know, I can't remember what the other show is, but there's like one for every city in the world. Um, they were like, oh, we can add a science fiction element. Bam, we can all do this. And some of them were good, some of them weren't good. Some episodes were good, some episodes were really bad. It just depended on what you were, uh, what you kind of wanted. But, um, I have no idea how I started down that lane. Oh, Millennium. So, um, you know, that that's uh, – I'm interested in that time period and what was going on and what some of the uh, shows were. Does anybody, anybody remember VR5 that was on Fox? I watched every episode and still have no idea what that show was about. I kept thinking, this is the episode where it's all going to make sense. It never did. I kept hoping that this was going to be some kind of weird – LSD-laden cerebral dream, and it was all going to come together in the end, and then it just got canceled instead. Or um, 
how about the uh, the show uh, Strange Luck? Man, I love that show. That show is so freaking good. And I, I still don't believe that there's a DVD release of that yet either. And, man, I really dug that show. That was one of the ones that uh, had all the coincidences happen when it came to the luck. And I just thought it was really nice and fun the way they put all that together. You know, kind of like, uh, oh, I can't remember the show about death that was on Showtime um, with the blonde girl. And um, they had every time there was a death at the beginning of every episode – it was never who you thought it was going to be that was going to die. It was like somebody dropped a banana peel and that person would slip and you think that's how the person's going to die. But then they would drop, you know, a loaf of bread and the mice would eat the bread and they would run somewhere and they would end up killing somebody. I don't know. It was always some weird, like, long, drawn-out thing, but it always made me laugh every single time. And um, so, anyway, I'm rambling now, so I'm winding this up. Until next time, everybody, over and out.